All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, if the extraterrestrials are listening, welcome to to yet another episode of the First X Minutes podcast. Uh, my name is Ritim Udamala. You find me on Twitter, P-A-P-I underscore the great, that's Papi underscore the great. I love talking football. I love talking football with football fans. And of course, I love talking football and sharing my view to you podcast listeners. Well, today I won't be talking about just my view. It will be his view and, well the guest's view you know what that thing they do on twitter they, his view have you all of us view and all of that so i'm going to be having a lot of viewpoints on the podcast today because i'm not alone as you must have heard from the giggle i have um one of my friends and i just had to settle all my 2020 debt I, I said you know what this month i have to settle my debt so um we've agreed that we we're going to do a podcast since for like five months there about but we couldn't make it happen and now we are just trying to we are, we are making it happen let's put it that way so if you are listening to this already this one was six months in the making and um, i hope that by the time you're done it's going to be worth your not necessarily your money but worth your time so um yeah. this is the part where i introduce my guest so this is how we did on the podcast the AKS, um the first x minutes podcast your name you mentioned your name um, the club you support if you have any the club that you dislike, that you despise, that you hate. Over to you. Okay. Okay. So um, my name is Derek Samedi. Um, I'm a Real Madrid fan, and of course, I'm a Real Madrid fan. Is if you know the club I despise, it's FC Barcelona. <laughs> there cannot be another club. If I'm a Real Madrid fan, I cannot like FC Barcelona. You know, but there's another mm. one I do not like. But I think over time I've I started to you know look past them. That is Manchester United. So FC wow. Barcelona, Manchester United, two two no go areas for me. Mm-hmm. But if FC so Barcelona if it... was playing, if FC Barcelona okay. was playing okay. Manchester United, I would support okay. Manchester United. So the hate for FC Barcelona is more. Is more okay. Yeah. So it reminds me of that um, Champions League final. Between Barcelona, I think Pep Guardiola and Alex Ferguson, yeah, at the Wembley Stadium. If I if I if I remember yeah. correctly, which of the sides were you support? You were support definitely. You were supporting Manchester United. Oh, I, I was supporting Manchester United. I was hurt, you know. I was so ah. hurt at that time. Now, you know, yeah. That 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 was was that the three one. Was that the three one? Yeah, three. Final? Yeah, David Villa, the Messi. Villa, I can't Messi. remember who scored. Yeah. I think it was. I know. Rooney scored. Yeah, really. Yeah, I think Pedro. Yeah, and then Alex Ferguson's hands were shaking and all of that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that final. <laughs> yeah, wait, but, but like, it's good to have you on board. Now, you, I need to, I need the help with one thing. You need to teach me the pronunciation of your surname because I need to mention your handle. Ha, oh. Your handle is your surname. I remember. Yes, it's not. It's okay. not exactly my surname. You know, but my surname oh. is a lot longer, but I just... Longer? Oh, so this is a middle name, yeah. right? This is my middle oh. name, yes. Okay, yes. So, so so I can so that I can pronounce your middle name without no. murdering it. So please no teach problem. me how to pronounce it. Usamede. Usamede. Yes, Usamede, yes. Usamede, oh good. Yeah. So you can find yeah. my friend Usamede on Twitter. Sorry, let me use Derek. You can find Derek on Twitter yes. at Osamede underscore. Did I get that? Yes? Yes, yes. O-S-A-M-E-D-E underscore. Mm-hmm. If you want 
takes on Los Blancos, or if you want takes on well some Barcelona hatred, oh, you'll find him on Twitter. <laughs> so I, I need to I need to do retro now and ask, how do you survive as a Barcelona fan during that Pep Guardiola oh, era? I, I Barcelona was that. literally untouchable. Uh, you know, I, I remember I remember being in um, secondary school, you know, and it was the five zero match. You know, I think oh, that, that was one of his best classical. So I remember my friend. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I remember my friend. So all, we're, we're so close, you know. The Real Madrid had been going through a very, very, that's a bad spell, you know. You know, they had not really been playing well, especially in Europe. So when Moreno came in, there was that, you know, energy in the club, you know. Just won the travel for Inter, coming to Madrid. There was so much excitement. So all through, we said, there's no way. We are going to lose this game. So confident, you know, and I did not watch that game. So I come out after nine prep because I was in a boarding school. I come out after nine prep, and then we had these youth coppers that you know were around youth, or youth core members that were serving okay. in our school. So ah, wait, wait, meet one of them. I'm like, ah, uncle, what was the score of the match? It's like five zero. He initially he didn't say like who won. So when he said five zero. I was like, ah, Mourinho. Mourinho has the difference. I said, no. Barcelona won 5-0. Ah, ah, God. Like, it was actually so bad. Like, I can't, I can't remember how I felt, but it was very terrible. It was very terrible. That, I think that was, it was also around that time. I remember Liverpool beating, uh, racing Real Madrid in the, in the, in the Champions League around that same time, just before Mourinho came, mm. when Robert mm. was in the team. You know, I think it was a 4 0 uh, defeat in the Champions League to Liverpool. You know, so wow, we, we have been through a lot. That that is why I, I told myself that I deserved the the the, the decimal, long decimal, mm, the, the, yeah, the, 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 the three in a row. The five years was 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 total consolation for you know the bad years for something beautiful to happen. Yeah. Vajela was really, a, was really, you know, a turn in our side. Ah, mm. The Champions League, the league, Copa del Rey, that man dominated. He was clearing everything. Yeah. yeah. The only, the old, I think, I think the the 1-0 win. I think that Ronaldo, uh, the Copa del Rey. Yeah, win, Copa del Rey. The, yeah. Yeah, the final was. I think it was the only good spot that we had against Barcelona in those years because. Uh, oh, and the league. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think 2012, yeah, all, 2013, you know, 2012, I'm sure now. All in all, all in all, it was, it was not, it was not the best of years for us, especially in Europe. Especially in Europe, it was not, it was not. And, I, and, and my, my fear is that it, it seems like we are gradually slipping back into that, into that place, and that is, that is one of my biggest fears. Yeah, mm. we've gone through with 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 attained success in Europe, like after the ninth Champions League, and it feels like we're we're going back into that dark place that you know is scary for most Real Madrid fans. Mm. Um, it's it, it's actually good to go down memory lane, and um, I think before we talk about the present, 
a lot of memories just flushed through my mind and I have a lot of questions. I remember I was happy for Real Madrid when they won that league because I watched the trophy presentation and I watched how Jose Mourinho was hoisted in the air and all of that. But there is one mystery I'd like to discuss with you about as a, as a Real Madrid fan. Yeah. How do you explain Mourinho not winning a Champions League trophy with that Real Madrid side? I, I say keyword. That's Real Madrid side because yeah, we yeah. both know when Real Madrid was in that second season, third season, they were Mourinho's second, third season, they were deadly. With three touches, they could go from Ike Casillas to the goalpost yeah. and they could score. I mean, well, it was just Sergio Ramos, Ronaldo, Mezzotozil, goal. So, how did they not win the Champions League with that side? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very good question. Personally, I feel, I feel. I feel you know you know before before Mourinho came before the signing of um, what do you call it before the signing of Ronaldo, Kaká and the rest before they came to the club, mm. Real Madrid always had the stomping block. We we were not prolific in the Champions League. We had we had the stomping mm-hmm. block of mm-hmm. being, um, oh typical Leon. There was there was this last system <laughs> exit. It was so painful yeah. that it was always this last system exit. You know. So when Mourinho came in, of course, Jose Mourinho, a serial winner. I think he brought, and especially you know after his his exploits at um, 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 Inter Milan, you know, he brought in that. But I feel the major problem was I I I felt there was maybe maybe a missing piece or the fact that you know we had to face Barcelona in 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 semi semi final. <laughs> You know, you had to, you know, you had, you had to face Lionel Messi in the semi-final, and and I felt like the classicals at that point were always, when I say an Achilles heel for Mourinho because he felt, after, I always felt he was too emotional in it. You know, mm-hmm. he kind of like lost his cool when it came to the when it came to the um, the classicals. You know, it was a little bit too feisty on Real Madrid's part. And why Barcelona was, you know, the team that actually came to play football, I think Real Madrid came in with too much anger, you know. So that was always like, I, I think, I think like a minor problem. When Mourinho's season, I think he went, he, he got to the semi-finals twice or, th- or three times, if I'm not mistaken. The other one was to um, Bayern Munich, which Real Madrid lost on penalties. So it was, mm. it was just very, very, you know, fine margins that, you know. Stop Mourinho from you know getting what he wanted, which was the Champions League with Real Madrid. You know, and I felt like if he had gotten the Champions League with Real Madrid, I felt that would have put him on a very, very. Of course, Mourinho is still one of the greats, but that 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 additional Champions League with Real Madrid, you know, would have been the three Champions League, the three different teams. That, that, that's way that's very very epic. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's you know I, 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 as a Real Madrid fan do you rate Ancelotti more than Mourinho because he helped Real Madrid win the Champions League that evaded Mourinho it's, it's a very very it's a very very um, what I say um, difficult difficult one I, I feel you would, you would you would not be wrong if you rate either one higher of the other one you know, because huh, that's a technical answer. <laughs> yeah, La, La, La Decima is something that Real Madrid fans have created since 2002. You know, 
since since mm, the glory days since La yeah, since La Novena in 2002, Real Madrid fans have been waiting for that, you know, the next the next Champions League, you know, trophy. So I feel like the the manager that brings it will always be. I mean, Jose Mourinho was good, was great for Real Madrid, won the league with 100 points, you know. But I feel at the end of the day, you know, the manager that wins the Champions League kind of has that. You know that higher pedestal, would I say? Because if you look at a club like Chelsea, you see De Matteo, it's always going to be remembered. You know, mm. you're always going to be mm. who who was who who led that team to victory on that European night. You know, so personally for me, you know, it's a, it's a hard one because I feel Ancelotti built on Mourinho's team. Mourinho laid the foundation. Ancelotti you know, solidified it and the next three years he perfected it, you know, before losing mm. Ronaldo and all that. So but if you ask me Ancelotti Moreno, I will go with Ancelotti. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a, thank you for giving me a very, very um sweet content because by the time this podcast goes out, I'm going to follow it up with some sort of poll, especially on Twitter. And I'm going to ask, oh, okay, Real Madrid fans, y'all come in here. My guests had a hard time answering this. Maybe you will also have a hard time answering this. So who would you retire? If you're listening to this podcast, you can send us, you can connect with me, you can connect with my friend Derek on Twitter and let us know what you think. Do you think Mourinho will be rated higher than Carlo Ancelotti? Do you think Ancelotti will be rated higher than um, Jose Mourinho? Let us know uh, what you think. Now, uh, let's, let me follow that trend. Jose Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti, Zinedine Zidane. And then let me use, let me be more dramatic about it. And then Zinedine Zidane happened. I know I, I don't want to ask you any question about Zinedine Zidane's first era because we all know what happened. We all know how it happened. Now, what do you say? Looking at that trajectory, do you think fans today are too impatient? Remember, you said Jose Mourinho and Carlo Ancelotti built on that and Zidane built on that, solidified the whole thing. Do you think fans are too impatient these days? Oh, this manager must go. He's not winning trophies. But look at the journey for Real Madrid. How do you use that journey to help fans understand that? You know what? Look, this football thing is a process. It's going to be here even long after we're dead. So why not just, you know, there's a process. Every manager has a process. But fans today are too impatient. So what can you say exactly about that? I think, I think... Personally, I am I am a big Zenit and Zidane fan. You know, I was the first senior, you know, you know, but the thing is I think every club, you know, going through a patchy spell or not where it's supposed to be, the fans feel oh we are I feel when when you are when you support a club where they are serial winners, you tend to get entitled. You know, mm. you tend to get entitled like oh these other clubs don't have ambition too. You know, you te- I tend to expect Real Madrid to get to every quarter-final or semi-final in the Champions League. I want Real Madrid mm. to at least finish second. Anything other than that seems as failure. But I think another thing we have to look at is the way the team is playing. Now, sometimes managers want, people want to see progression. You know, they want to see, oh, we started here, 
and then this that incremental that you know value that is added little by little can be something that would tip the fans in your favor and be like oh okay we are seeing progress in this team but when you're seeing a team that looks like it is stalling it looks like there is there is that stall it doesn't look like there's progression or sometimes you even look like your team is regressing and you have a style of play which I'm talking about Zenedi Zidane now I have a style of play which isn't necessarily the Madrid way you know mm-hmm. Madrid has always been a team that wants to put five past you six past you seven eight as much as they can now when you have that team which you know is known for scoring goals and individual flair and you have that team and all of a sudden they start struggling to score goals they start struggling to create chances you know i feel like that 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 in itself is more of a factor that we take the fan against you and be like oh we're not seeing what we like under this manager you understand but when the team, mm-hmm. when the team sometimes the team could be unlucky with results you know you could go to a final and you could play well or you could have bad games in isolation you have one bad game here one bad game here that's fine there's no team that's going to be 100% perfect except you're buying me from 2020 but when you have <laughs> when you have a team you know that keeps having this you know inconsistent patchy spells you know I think in, with social media everybody can express their opinions now you know it's not like it's when we are all had to go and read the papers and nobody could respond so now everybody mm-hmm. has an opinion so when they feel we are not seeing this this manager is not taking our club in the direction we want it to take us to I feel most people will start calling you know especially with the big club where there's so much pressure because I would tell you Zenith Zidane very much if we were playing the way they were playing in front this season because they've been especially in the Champions League the way they played in the Champions League if that was in front of a packed Benabar oh god the whistles will have been will have been <laughs> you know so so that's just it. it's I think it has to do with the way the team is playing most mo- the results matter but I think most fans want to see the team play proper they want to see it, it's just like the way Moreno plays you know Moreno could play ugly it works when the team is winning the team goes on to win six six straight games seven straight games even if the team played badly the fact that we are winning is a bit of consolation but when mm. the team stops when it starts drawing it's going to be like we are playing bad and we're not even winning so it's like it's like a no-no you get but if you are playing mm. good and you're getting unlucky with the results it may be overlooked I'm not saying it will but it may be you'll be oh okay we're still playing well our young stars are playing well you know we are building you know and before let me not digress let me say one thing you know that as a Real Madrid fan that I have been against the den with was when Cristiano Ronaldo left I was one of the people who was okay with it why I was okay with it was the fact that he was going to leave at some point you know I do not want a situation that Barcelona are having right now with Messi I wanted mm. a situation where Ronaldo left and he didn't leave when he was unhappy or when he was <clears throat> he was starting to look sore and declining no Messi fans are going to be angry I said that <laughs> but he, 
but you you know he left at a high and it allowed the team to say oh we have left at a high let us rebuild you know we had this young we had the young players we had Danny Ceballos you know Marcos Llorente Regulon all of them Hakimi and all of them what what we expected and I know a lot of Real Madrid fans share this sentiment with me what we expected was the transition I would I don't know about others, but I would have been fine with not, you know, winning trophies and everything if I saw there was a base that was being set, you know. But it's 2021, mm. you know, we've loaned out Luka Jovic back to Frankfurt. We have Odegaard, who we recall from loan, who is asking to be loaned out, you know. So our young player is sold Akimi. You know, Regulon also Tottenham. You sold your NC last year. And you look at the trajectory. All these players are playing well in their new club. You sent Brian Diaz on loan, Kubo out on loan. And yes, we have a lot of young players that not all of them will play. But I expect we expected to see a core, you know, this young core in our team. You know, mm. you for continuity. Yes, for continuity, because that was the project. When, when, when we had the uh, Galactico era, which was go out, buy the most expensive players, <clears throat> put them in the team, play football, which did not really work out for Real Madrid. You know, the Beckhams, Ronaldo's, and all of them, they didn't win the Champions League for Real Madrid. You know? So you have, you have, Florentino decided, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to build for the future. But it doesn't look like Real Madrid is building for the future. You know, mm. it doesn't look because the young players are not getting their chances, you know. So I feel most people will be irate with that fact. The young players are not playing. They're not getting minutes. You have Benzema who is playing almost all the games. He's playing he's playing 89 minutes and, you know, Lukajovic is coming on for one minute. Yeah, that does not sit well with the fans. So I think, you know, if a manager that, you know, especially like Zenby Zidane, who is seen to be a long-term fix, you know, I feel like we are, he's solving too many short-term, short-term problems and he's not looking at the long-term. That's just my opinion, though. I think no. I have digressed a bit. <laughs> no, no I, I, I understood that when we, when we are having, when, when we begin to have this conversation, it's football and um, we can yeah. talk about Zidane and then we talk about Jose Mourinho and then, oh, we remember, oh, we need to talk about Spurs and then we talk about Daily Ali and then we talk about Mauricio Pochettino and then we talk about PSG and then we talk about Neymar and then we talk about Lionel Messi. So it's about, it's football, it's everywhere, everywhere. It's just how we make sense of um of of it and that's why i said there will be so many views and so many takes on this podcast um episode well i think we spent a whole lot of time in spain and uh, just for emphasis sake i just finished watching while my friend was talking i have the the highlights of the lat Rom- roman derby yes on and um it's amazing how speed comes to play a lot when it comes to counter-attack counter-attacking football the scariest counter-attacking side i think i've seen has to be has to be without doubt has to be Mourinho's real madrid i stand to be corrected i i don't know maybe i've not I really think, been watching football for that long i think i, I, I think, don't know but i think i think i i would agree with you but there's also there's also that um that team of um 
Tevez, Rooney, and Ronaldo. Oh, okay. Also, <laughs> just also crazy on the counter. Okay. You know, but with Ronaldo, Benzema, and Di Maria with Ozil. Oh, God. That was orgasmic. Ozil picking them up in in, in in a lot of space and then them being so deadly that they were not even thinking twice. It was just one to pack, score the goal, one to pack, score the goals, and they were shattering a lot of records left, right, and center. I think I think it has uh, it, 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 those games gave me a lot of uh, memories. And why did I mention speed? I mentioned speed because Lazio's I think three of Lazio's goal against Rome, Roma came via counter attacking moves. And um, you look at the game in the grand scheme of things for the Italian Serie A, and you say, what exactly is going on in the Italian Serie A this season? I mean, AC Milan is top of the league. Juventus is probably in fourth, I think, or fifth. I don't know. Um, Inter Milan, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And you look at the Serie A as a whole and say, when you see the Serie A, I think one team embodies the Serie A this season, and that team has to be AC Milan. Let me bring you on, Derek. Yeah. What has been AC Milan's game changer this season? What has worked for them? What have they what have they really discovered that okay, this is what is working for us and they've been using it to go um on such an amazing run that they've only lost once this season? For, for, first of all, I feel I'm, I'm going to digress if I answer that question about Italian okay. which is that I feel Atlanta probably broke the jinx in that league we said that um, the Italian leagues were just the Italian league was a defensive league you know Atlanta has proven that there can be goals and we have seen this season that there have been so many goals scored in this league mm. but back, to, mm. back, to, back, back to AC Milan you know, AC Milan the, the transition did not just start this season you know it started last season you know it started, no, not last season the last half of the last half of the season which is the Mm. 2019 mm. uh, 2020 2022 season. you know and I feel a major influence has been of course Latin Ibrahimovic you know because when when, when you compare uh, Stefano Pioli's team Stefano Pioli's team you compare the beginning of the season uh, and the amazing run which they had probably the last 17 18 games of the last season you see it, 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 there, there, there is not there is no major difference between the team except one man which is Latan. and I feel the major thing with AC Milan just regarding the fact that Juventus has been extremely poor this season although they beat AC Milan Juventus has been poor and so inconsistent but I feel AC Milan with, with Latan coming into that team has brought this renewed confidence and you know you know, football is all about momentum. You know, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter if you have world-class players. When you are winning, you know, Leicester won the league which year. When you are winning, you get more confidence. When you are winning, you play better. When you are winning, it comes easy. So with the run they had last season, to end the last season, you know, with them finding out Casey in that midfield, because Casey has been immense in that midfield, you know, I don't know what it is, but with Zlatan, in that in that in that dressing room has just brought this this new swagger to the team along with you know the Benasser and this the younger guys they have in the team and everything. I feel I think that leadership of Zlatan has brought this new swagger and this 
confidence to the team, you know. So mm. it's going to be exciting this season. It's going to be really, really exciting. You know, you have Rafael Leao and Ray Beach who are in such good form. You know, even because when Zlatan was out, you know, with COVID and his injury, I thought, oh, they're going to suffer. But it doesn't look like they suffered much because they're still top of the league. So I feel there's just this, you know, renewed confidence. And also with the fact that I would say, you know, the champions, Juventus, have been have been the exact opposite. You know, they've not been playing with any swagger. They've not been playing with any confidence. They've not been consistent, you know. Yes, there's not been... I mean, Ronaldo has been up the chart this season, but still has not translated to the Obaropi. Defensively, they look, you know, not... Not, not, not totally solid like the Juventus team we knew with Kellini and Bonucci at the back, you know. So I just feel with AC Milan, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been for me a major factor. You know, I think confidence plays as much as you want to look at the formation and whatever, but I feel confidence, you know, because the way they ended last season and the way they have begun the new season isn't just one game. I think confidence. You know, there's a lot of confidence in that dressing room. You know, and if they oh. keep winning, there's always going to be more belief. You know, you keep winning, there's more belief. You know, and when you keep winning, there's also that fear factor for your opponent. If your opponent go into this game and realize this is not the AC Milan of two years ago that we're struggling to even get into Europa League, that we're not even making oh. Europa League three years, four years ago. This is a new AC Milan team that is actually challenging. You know, to win a league title, to win a Scudetto. So I feel confidence for me has played a major part. A major, and Casey has been so solid. I don't think he gets the praise he deserves, but he has been so solid in that midfield. Casey has been so solid in that midfield. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Roma got knocked out by Spezia yesterday, um, two four. And I, I, I want to talk about Roma and their inconsistency. But if you talk about inconsistent sides in the Italian Serie A this season, then you have to mention yeah, Juventus. You have to mention yeah. Roma. You have to mention Atalanta. You have to mention Sassuolo. You have to mention Lazio. It's a lot. There are a lot of players. There are a lot of teams this season. And I think that is another advantage that AC Milan is riding or have been riding upon. And they're just being com- they're, they're just been confident and they've been building momentum <clears throat> and they've been moving and say, okay, you know what? We are just not. We are going to close our ears to the noise and we are just going to keep going, going, and going. Still, the first X Minutes podcast. I have Derek with me. My name is Richie Midamala, and we are talking football. So let's move. I need to move. We spoke about Joseph Mourinho, and I think I want to bring him on again because the last episode of this podcast that's 100 episode 152 you can check it out guys i spoke about fans and managers being impatient now let's talk about it Mikel Arteta and Mesut Ozil Jose Mourinho and Dele Ali. what did these managers want that these players did not give them because you realize that these players are not players that just started playing yesterday they have proved their worth they have proved their metal. So why is why is it that they all of a sudden become a, the villain and the unwanted ones from the special ones, the untouchable ones? Because I remember Mesutozi at some point was a sure starter in us now. Dele Ali at some point was a sure starter for, for Spurs. So how did they go from the untouchable ones to the unwanted ones? Yeah, so with, um, you know, you know, every manager has 
the type of player he wants. Mm. Yeah, every manager has the type of team he wants. You know, some managers like flair, some want skill in their team. You, you get so every mm. manager feels he has a system which can accommodate a certain type of player. With with Messi Ozil, I I feel after the World Cup, the World Cup exit, the the, the very very bad World Cup run they had, you know, I feel he probably broke. Because before then, Arsenal fans have been complaining about Ozil's work rate. I think that is also the same thing with Daily Ali. There is there is that there's there's that spine or that steel that seems to be lacking from their game. It feels if they, they are the type of players that will I mean I'm going to talk about Ozil because for me Ozil is is not in the same bracket as Daily Ali. You know, Daily Ali cannot compare to what Ozil has achieved. Ozil is a World Cup winner, you know. Uh, Ozil has record assists for Arsenal, record assists in the Premier League and all that. So, I feel with Ozil, you know, I don't know if it's a case of not loving football anymore, but I just feel it is there sometimes, especially when things go wrong, there's just that drop of the head, you know, that reluctance, that, oh, to their game. And, you know, <laughs> just, a, a team like Arsenal, cannot afford that you know why I say a team like Arsenal cannot afford that because you know it's not it's not a superstar field team you know you do not have a a county in your team you know who's going to a prime county county has been somewhat shaky for the past one or two years but you don't have that kind of player in your team or an NGD that can kind of you know steady the ship and allow you to be as lazy as you want to you know, you have a team. It's also like a Liverpool team. Ozil will not be able to play for Jurgen Klopp. You get because these managers want more. You know, they want more, more skill from you. They want more, more energy from you. And Ozil was not giving that to Ateta. You know, although, although I do not agree with the decision of Ateta to leave Ozil completely out of the team. You know, but that that is a Klopp thing. I don't know the full details of why that was that decision was was taken. But with Dele Ali, I feel Ozil, I, I could excuse Ozil for, for the lack of effort he shows sometimes because, you know, he has won these trophies, you look at his age. But Dele Ali is still a young player. You know, he's still young, you know, but sometimes he he, he just looks out of breath. You know, he just mm. looks like he can't run. He looks like he can't mark. He looks like he can't press. <laughs> You know, and when you have the best player in your team, or the two best players in your team, Harry Kane and Song Hyun Min, two of them pressing, and you Daily Ali are just there, yeah, just jogging around. You, you see the look on his face. He, he just wants to play a very, very, a more relaxed type of game. And that is not Moreno. You know, that is that is not. If you look at if you if you if you're going to do a throwback, if you look at Ozil for for Real Madrid when he played under Moreno. Ozil barely played full 90 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. Moreno used him, got him to the 60, 65 minute mark, took him off. You know, because he knew after that point, Ozil could not necessarily, you know, give him the kind of energy he needed, you know, in his team. You know, so Ozil had never been a, you know, a kind of like a Vinaldo type of player that could run for the full 90 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. or a country that could run for the full 90 minutes. 
But I feel like as his as his career progressed, he he lost the energy, you know, which he did not even have in the first place. He started losing it gradually, and that will start costing the team. Now, when you are in, you know, in Ozil is terrific when you are holding the ball when you have 70 80 percent possession of the ball 65 percent of the ball Ozil is perfect you know but when you're going to be pressed when you're going to need to do that dirty work you know football has evolved you know you're going to do that dirty work and you're going to need to like press and you know make that tackle in i think this is where these two players are lacking you know that great to their game they don't really have it so for me, that is just my opinion on the matter, you know. But Ozil, great player, has had a great career. Delhi Ali, wouldn't I say he's a great player? He's been good, you know. Started starting to look average lately, you know. But maybe he can, you know, make a move out of Spurs because with Moreno being in Spurs, I do not see him him getting enough minutes as he should, mm. you know. And you know, when he comes on the pitch. That, there is that lack of ambition for me. It's too laid back. It's too relaxed. You know, when you don't get minutes, you know, you you you, you have Loselso who you, who is not currently in the team right now. You know, because of you know how good Ndombele has been. But you see, when Loselso gets into the team, you see how he puts himself about. Now that encourages the manager to say, "This player wants to play for me." And when they put you into a game and you're going to stroll and walk about and you're not going to press even when you are fresh I don't think any modern manager that wants to win can accommodate that you know and that and before I, before, before I stop this man I feel that is a problem that Chelsea might have with the new boy Kai Havertz you know he looks like an Aussie type of player <laughs> the Premier League is a very physical league and as and you know, we say it, it sounds very, very cliche that we keep saying Premier League is a very, very physical league. But it is. It's a very physical league. You need to be able to put yourself about. Things are not going to come to you easy. So when you, when you have Kai Havertz has to work on that too, you know. Because if you, if you, if you don't have that, you know, bite to your game, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard for you to survive in the league. Yeah. Mm. If we're comparing leagues, then I think we are right in line because um, you must have read my mind. I was thinking, okay, one final question before I let my friend go and enjoy um, the rest of his day. Um, what is your take on a farmer's league or the farmer's league? What's that? <laughs> okay, so personally, I, 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 I particularly do not like the term farmer's league, but I also, you know, cannot, you know, help but think of, you know, how true it may sound, you know, because you have you have a league where, you know, you have just one team, you know. I mean, Bayern, Bayern, Bayern are looking off this season. They're considering so you have just one team, you know. I mean, Bayern, Bayern, Bayern are looking off this season. They're considering so many goals. Bayern have have just five clean sheets in 26 games this season. Five clean sheets in 26 games. That's how poor they've been at the back. But I don't think there's anybody sweating that Bayern is going to win the league. You know, I don't think there's anybody sweating that Bayern is going to win the league. So when you have, I think when you have a team like the league, like the German league, which you have 
especially with Bayern Munich having you know having been able to sign you know um, Lewandowski from Dortmund and signing you know they basically have this power or this power to sign the best player mm-hmm. the best crop from, of players in the league yeah in the league you understand they don't need to export they can go to the league and look at oh Dortmund I want your best player and you know he plays for the, he plays for the, the champions that many so they've won the league how many times in a row same as the Italian league you know but I feel the Italian league over the years has been has been more competitive although Juve has managed to scrape through you know the last season you know the one with Borussia pushing Allegri to the wire when he was coach of Napoli you know I don't think we've we've, we've particularly seen that since Jurgen Klopp left you know at um, left Bayern Munich it has been like you know complete a free ride you know for Bayern Munich so you know I feel the German league the German league is you know I don't want to call it the farmers league I don't want to call the the French league a farmers league but you know the, the gap the gap between first second is too big you know it's too big Actually, in the French league, you have PSG, which which is just Neymar, Mbappe, Icardi. Uh, it, it's just the gap between first, second. You know the gap, and although the results may not be, you know, because I don't think PSG currently sits at on top of the table. But when you I look at Leon. how much, yeah, I think Leon Leon is top. But when you look how much. When when you go into the financial market, how much Leon can spend? Leon cannot spend 100 million on the player. They can't. They can't afford to do that. Neither can Montpellier. I don't. I don't know if Monaco could, can do that anymore. But I knew there was a time where they had that financial power to do that. Yeah. So yeah. When you also look at the, the the German league, there's also one player. I mean, Bayern Munich bought uh, uh, what do you call it? Lucas Hernandez for about some 70 million plus you know I don't think anybody can buy a left back in that league for that amount <laughs> you, 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 you see what I'm saying <laughs> yeah so I, so I don't think anybody can buy a left back for that amount you, you understand so but I think especially when it comes to La Liga I think the big two are starting to look not like the big two anymore I mean Atletico Madrid is spending money. They, they, they. Although you know, you, if Real Madrid wants to come out to spend money, you know, there's not really anybody that would be able to match the financial power of Real Madrid. You know, with Barcelona being in so much debt and crisis right now, but there's there's some parity. You know, there is like a when I say level playing field, you know, for in the in the Spanish league, you know, in terms of the big the big three clubs. Real Madrid can go out and buy an expensive player, so can Barcelona, so can Atletico Madrid. You know, when you come to the Premier League, which is almost free for all, you have, although Chelsea spent the most money, but you still have money you can go and buy. You have money you can go out and buy. You have Liverpool too, can go out and buy. You know, so I just feel when you have a particular league where one club has so much financial power, sometimes it may not generally know translate into the results you know because maybe there's a loss of form there are injuries 
and whatever. But still, when that financial power is there, I, I think that's where the farmer's league comes into play, in my, in my own point of view, because, you know, other things cannot really compete. You know, the other, other things cannot really get as good players as they want to get to mm. compete. And even, mm. even if they do, this team can just come from nowhere and say, okay, thank you, I want this player. And of course, there's, there, it is so lucrative to go to that team that the player is not even thinking twice, he's leaving immediately. Yeah, so that's, in my opinion, that is that is the farmer's, farmer's league, you know. Mm. Because if you talk about domination, I feel there are always teams that are going to dominate. You know, man, you have their domination period. They dominated during the Ferguson era. Um, Juventus have dominated. Bayern Munich have dominated. Right now, it looked, it looked the beauty of the Premier League that like, it looked like Liverpool were going to dominate, but this season has just been, you know, a different ball game altogether. So I think that is the beauty we have in the Premier League, you know, and also. I don't think there's any other league I would say is, is this competitive you know close. yeah it comes close to the Premier League I think if, when it comes to how competitive the league is I think the Premier League is is at the top I'm not talking about mm. quality or how competitive because quality of play could be subjective to each person mm. quality of play competitiveness yeah, and um, yeah. spending spending power. I think those three things are key factors when you're trying to rank leagues. I didn't want to end this podcast without mentioning that, guys, if you're actually looking for some really, really great goalkeepers to watch out for, check out FC Meds, M-E-T-Z. Check out, the, they have an Algerian goalkeeper, um, Okija. You should check him out. Really, really solid guy. Really, really solid guy. And if you go to the Italian Serie A, check out the Hellas, Veras, Hellas Verona goalkeeper. I've forgotten his name now. I forgot, really forgot his name. And the third one has to be Santos. That's in Brazil. They qualified for the Copa, um, sorry, Copa Libertadores final. Yes. You should check them out. Yes, I almost forgot. Racing in um, the Copa Libertadores also. Yes, they have a very good goal. I remember his name, um, Gabriel Arias. Yes, you should check out those four goalkeepers. If you are really big on football and you like to dive deep, I just give you something um, like some sort of assignment, something to nibble on for probably the next two weeks in terms of research, in terms of player comparisons, and in terms of, um, of course, discovering new gems that you would, on a normal day, not discover if you are not a listener of the first X Minutes podcast. This is where we wrap it up. We draw the curtain on the this episode of the first X Minutes podcast. A big, big shout out to my my guest, Derek. Thank you for shedding a lot of light on the past, what, 15 years of Real Madrid thereabouts from the days of hunting for the La Decima to finally getting the La Decima and then getting more than the La Decima. Thank you so much. If people want to find you, I, I know you have a blog we're supposed to talk about the blog more, yes. man. Probably I'm going to have to. I'm going to feature you. I'm going to bring you on again, and then we're going to talk exclusively about the blog. So, if people want to find you, your work, um, contact. Where can they find you? Oh, everything is on my Twitter page. You know, my my blog is on my Twitter bio. It's my football insider. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just it's a new blog. I'm just just write my opinions. You know, just rant, talk from the heart. You know, so that's just it. Mm. I, I hope that one of these days it will be myfootballinsider.com, not myfootballinsider.wordpress.com. 
Hopefully, we yeah, we'll hopefully. see you investing for in that brand. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I will too. Oh, great, great. It was good talking to you. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thank you, Derek, for joining in. If you have listened thus far, please ensure that you leave a rating wherever you get your podcast um, episode. From more importantly, you tell a friend to tell a friend that this is not the necessarily the best football podcast you ever have around, but this one is one football podcast that you should listen to regularly until so, i like, come here in the next episode of the podcast cheers stay safe guys stay safe it's keyword stay safe for yourself and for your family and whatever you'll be doing in the days ahead as long as life is also remember that life is also short so make the best use of your time i'll catch you in the next episode of the podcast cheers bye for now